Hey, hey, folks, we're back. Welcome to Fitness for Thought. Uh, this is now a plane podcast because French and I just spent the last 10 minutes talking about how cool and complicated airports are. Um, but I guess we'll let one more fitness episode go before we switch to all episodes about planes. Next week we'll be about uh, Boeing 747 uh, or whatever the hell it's called. But anyways, today we got interesting topic for you. It'll be a quick probably 30-minute episode about um, warm-ups and cool-downs. So um, we're basically just going to give you guys our takes on it, what we've learned so far, the warm-ups uh, and cool-downs that we use, um, and then maybe some potential kind of extra stuff that you can do. So um, before we get started, French, you got anything to add? Say hello to the people. Not a lot, but just like for a regular person, I know, like off the top of my head, I knew a decent amount, which is kind of weird. But uh, yeah, YouTube YouTube University. There you go. That's where I, that's where I graduated. There you go. Um, so uh, we'll get started um, with warm ups. Basically, um, the the first thing I guess I want to say is there's no concrete recommendation for the most part of what you have to do for a warm up. I think it's highly individual and it's also very goal dependent what your warm up is. Um, but basically, uh, I've gone back and forth with how extensive my warm up has been over the years. Um, and now I kind of have a system that I like to use. Um, but generally, the kind of definition or I guess basic, basic uh, fundamentals of a warm up. It should just be progressive. Um, and there are a few like certainties that you want to follow with the warm up, but it should just be progressive uh, and help you get ready to achieve whatever you want to out of the workout. So it has to be specific to what you actually want to get out of the workout. So typically, what you'll see people do is maybe a little bit of um, self myofascial, self myofascial release, which is like foam rolling. Um, and then some dynamic stretching, um, dynamic stretching for those of you who don't know is, uh, just stretching that includes, um, movement, more rapid movement, um, continuous movement, as opposed to static stretching where you're really just sitting in one place and stretching the muscle. So the reason why we want to do dynamic stretching during our warm up um, is because that, uh, more similarly mimics the movements that we want to perform. And when we perform static stretching, uh, it can actually lengthen the muscle uh, to the point where it's going to decrease force production. So you won't be able to get as much out of the workout. Now, there's a couple cases where you can do static stretching before a workout. Um, and, and that is if you have a particularly tight area. So sometimes I'll do some static stretching on my hips or my hamstrings before, um, just, just nothing too crazy, but just to get, uh, those muscles loosened up a little extra. Um, and then the other case would be is if you've had a previous injury with that area, then you can spend some time static stretching. A lot of times for people that's shoulders or hamstrings, maybe a quad after a quad tear. Um, but basically you just want it to be to be progressive in nature. Like I said, a lot of people do that foam rolling and dynamic stretching. Um, 
I actually break my warmups into four parts. Um, I was lucky enough to learn this from uh, my buddy Davey, who we want to have on here really soon. Um, fountain of knowledge, that guy. Uh, but basically, the warm-up is broken into four parts. Um, He's jacked. So you know everything he says is gospel. Yeah, basically. JK, he, don't follow that rule. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so breaks it up into four parts. Um, so the four different areas are mobilize, dynamic, and then core slash stabilizers, and then movement specific. So um, the first category being mobilize, we want to um, perform movements that are going to help aid in mobility. Um, obviously, we're going to perform exercise. That's a lot of dynamic movements. I mean, you you might have some static movements, but a lot of dynamic movements. So you want your body to be able to move and function properly. Um, hence the dynamic, which is the second portion of it. Um, so actually before I go to that mobilize is going to be a lot of stuff, um, like foam rolling and lacrosse ball, cat, cow, um, up or down dog child's pose, um, or any real mobility tricks, which, um, French actually just put out a YouTube video on. Um, so there's a ton of different mobility stuff you can do in my opinion. Um, I haven't spent enough time on mobility. I know it should be something that you kind of habitually do. Um, in my experience, I've only really performed specific mobility exercises to work on areas that are particularly neglected or just need help. Otherwise, I might perform um, some mobility on just common areas that people have tightness in, but I haven't really gone too extensive into that portion. So when I hand the mic back over to French, he can kind of touch more on that because I think he's a little more experienced with that. But once you cover the mobility part of it, you go to dynamic. So this is, again, we want to perform dynamic movements because that's going to kind of uh, reflect or that's going to kind of emulate what you're going to do in the workout. Um, so this is any dynamic stretching like, um, you know, a high knees, butt kickers. Um, you can do hamstring scoops. You can do leg swings, arm swings, um, internal, external rotations, um, band pull-aparts, um, you know, hip circles, anything. There's a there's a million different things. And this is basically what most people think of when they think of a warm-up. So I'm not going to touch on that too much. Obviously, that's what we want to do uh, to get ready for movement. The next portion of it is core slash stabilizers. Um, so this is... Again, you should be kind of using your core with almost every single movement um, that you perform. So it's good to help warm that up uh, and a lot of those stabilizing muscles. So I guess you could consider those um, kind of like those rotator cuffs that I mentioned. Um, but anything really to warm up the core, whether that be, you know, crunches or sit-ups, um, uh, bird dogs, planks, um, anything like that that's going to help warm up the core. Um I'm a huge fan of bird dogs. A lot of times I'll do those before a workout because um, those kind of get the core going. They kind of get the shoulders moving. They get the glutes firing, um, get the legs, blood flowing in the legs. So bird dogs are a great one. And then finally, we have our movement specific warmup. Um, so a lot of times this will just be your warmup sets leading up to an exercise. So if you're benching and working up to 
you know, a single at 315, then this would be like the open bar, 135, 185, 225, you know, all those progressive warmups. But there's actually other stuff you can do that reflect the movement that you're about to do. So um, with a bench press, you could do scapular push-ups. Um, so that's kind of like doing a push-up, except instead of bending at the elbow, you're really just um, protracting and retracting the scapula. Um, you could do bench dips. You could do just push-ups. Um, for squats, you can do box jumps. You can do single leg hip thrusts. Um, you can do quarter or sorry, um, tempo squats or like breathing squats. Um, you can do upright rows because that'll warm up your traps. Um, you can do a little bit more shoulder work like face pulls if, if you're more of a low bar squatter. Um, so this is just more stuff to get you specifically ready for the movement you're about to perform. Um, and then that's pretty much um, what my warm-up looks like. I don't do every single exercise or every single stretch known to man. I just do the ones that I find work well for me. Um, you can also add an aerobic component to the beginning of your workout. So it's more so like biking or jump roping or a light walk um, to kind of get your heart rate going beforehand, um, before you do all that stuff I just mentioned. Um, anything really to get you mentally and physically ready for the workout um, as long as it's just progressive in nature. Now, the other point I want to touch on is your warm-up. And I, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I went back and forth with this, but your warm-up shouldn't be way too hard. It shouldn't be super extensive. Um, and the reason I make this point is because I used to not warm up enough. So when I added all these different, you know, these four different components, I think it was really helpful. And when I was powerlifting, I would, you know, spend a lot of time on each different aspect of this. But as my training switched to hypertrophy, or even when it switched to strongman, my training needs changed. So my warm up should have changed. Um, and if you're just training for hypertrophy, honestly, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Um, I think if you spend a little extra time on stuff like mobility, um, then, you know, that'll pay dividends. But if you're, you know, let's take powerlifting, for example, if you're warming up super extensively and, you know, you're really sweating before you get, you get going, then you might be a little worn, worn out, especially if you're working up to a max single. Um, one of the people that, uh, I used to follow pretty, pretty closely was Russell or he's a really, um, like one of the, he's like been like the three time, uh, 80, 83 kg powerlifting champ. Um, yeah. And he would do like one rep at each weight. Um, now I think he's a genetic freak. Uh, I know he's dealt with like tweaks and minor injuries here and there, but, um, you know, so I wouldn't recommend just one rep to people personally, but I've heard of people who claim that they're power lifters who are doing like, let's say they're doing, um, working up to like four or five on squat, they'll do two sets of 10 at 135 you know, two sets of eight at 225, a set of five at 315, a set of, you know, three at 365. And they're doing all these reps and that's fatigue accumulating, essentially. Um, some people need a lot of reps uh, and they need more to get warmed up. And, and there's certain times where I feel like I don't spend enough time warming up. 
Um, but I just say all that to say that your warm-up doesn't have to be that crazy. It has to be enough to get you to where you need to go for that specific workout for your specific goals um, while addressing, you know, your specific body, you know, whether you have had previous injuries or not. Um, and that's it. I don't think you need to go far beyond that. Um, another thing that's kind of considered within the warm-up realm, in my opinion, is GPP. So that's general physical preparedness. Um, so basically GPP is things that ath athletes or just individuals do, uh, each workout that is going to help them specifically with their goals. Um, so depending on what their goal is, it changes what the GPP is. So right now for me, um, my specific GPP is addressing uh, some back problems that I've had and some weaknesses that I have both aesthetically and strength wise. So like I said, I've had the back problems. So I've been doing back extensions um, and a little bit of hamstring work um, or, you know, some, you know, a little bit of core work since I'm kind of lacking there. I'll do that before I work out like almost every single time, if not every time. Um, and that's GPP work is just, you can do it every single day and that's getting you prepared for uh, what you're about to do while also addressing your specific situation. Um, so that's another thing you can include in the warm Um, you don't necessarily have to, it's, it's more so kind of getting into, uh, the specifics of things, but if you have specific things that you need to address, um, that kind of falls into that category. So, um, after that super long rant, that's kind of my take on warmups. Um, I'm sure I missed a few things, but uh, French, you want to take off from here? Uh, yeah, I don't know. What, I don't really know what else there is to say. But uh, yeah, to kind of backtrack a little bit. So the main, just to kind of establish what I believe are the main goals of a warm up. Number one is to help reduce the risk of injury, right? I mean, it doesn't. I don't need to present like scientific evidence to tell you that if you just walk into the gym and load four plates on the bar for a squat you're probably going to be a lot more likely to get hurt than if you worked your way up to that. So reduced risk of injury is first and foremost. Um, another one is to kind of get the muscles, um, the muscles that you're about to work firing. That's more of like, um, like warm up sets, I would say, you know, obviously the mind muscle connection is a real thing. So I think if you can do stuff to prime, you know, I worked out with Nolan the other day and we were doing a leg workout and like you said, we did some back extensions that was engaging our low back, our glutes, and our hamstrings a little bit. And then our first exercise was the barbell RDL. So that was about the perfect one of the perfect exercises we could do for that. And then another one would be to those are the, probably the main two to be honest with you. Um, so reduce risk of injury and get you physically and mentally prepared. Um, I think just going through like a warm up ritual kind of lets your body and your mind know like okay time to get in the zone. I'm about to train, exercise, compete, all that good stuff. And um, obviously, like no one said, warmups are going to change depending on what the goal is. I think um, warm up for like, we were talking about powerlifting, you know, it's three different movements, the bench squat deadlift, say you're on a squat day, you know that you're going to be doing you know, this many reps of squat at this weight. So there's not probably going to be a ton of benefit past, you know, doing a dynamic warm up, doing what you need to do 
as compared to if you're preparing for sport, like say a football player, you know, you can't control like a power lift, like a squat rack and a weight room really in general is a very controlled environment. You know, granted, if you're not around a bunch of people that are being dumbasses and horsing around, it's a pretty controlled environment. Like, you know, that someone's not just going to come and push you or tackle you or try to take your head off like in the game of football. Now in the, in sport, you know, it's a lot less controlled environment. You got bodies flying everywhere. Um, obviously it's a competitive, it's a competitive, uh, it's a competitive sport. So it probably pays to do maybe a little bit more of a, you know, balance, stability, stuff like that. Maybe like acceleration, deceleration, more of that kind of stuff. But if you're talking just working out in the gym, yeah, you can probably just get away with some dynamic warm up. You know, if you have a few tight spots, maybe foam roll a little bit on those tight spots. Um, you know, there's definitely no shortage of information on there about soft tissue work and mobility work. Um, one, my top resource I would recommend for that is just research Mobility Wad, Mobility WOD, and Kelly Starrett. He's written a couple books on just mobility. Um, his book Becoming a Supple Leopard is really, really good. It's almost like a like a cookbook for mobility, if you will. So. Um, I'm big on that, although I do think you can kind of go overboard because it, it depends, you know, some joints within the body are meant to be more mobile and some are meant to be more stable. Now, there's always going to be a degree of both, but I mean, if we're talking like your knees, so to say, you're, you want your knees to be pretty stable. If you have like excessive knee mobility, I don't, I don't really hear people even talking about that, honestly, because it's usually not a good thing. That usually means that you're going to be a lot more likely to get hurt. Whereas, you know, a joint like your shoulder, where it's a ball and socket joint, as opposed to just like a hinge joint like your knee, it has a ton of mobility, but not as much stability. So obviously you're naturally going to have a little bit more stability in those, or mobility in those joints, excuse me. So maybe you want to work more stability. So as far as what I do for a warm up, um, I usually work, I usually start off with just kind of like a 10, 10 minute rollout sesh. I'll just get a foam roller. For some people, that might be a little bit excessive, but for me, that was something that I kind of struggled with for a long time. So I almost just, um, I put it in my workout just to make it kind of a habit. And luckily it's stuck for the most part. So kind of just do a full body rollout. And then I'll usually either go into like a dynamic warm up, like Nolan said, or a lot of times what I've been doing lately, um, what I was definitely doing during the school year is I'll pick like a few like we were saying, like you can do like actual exercises that you might do within a workout for your warm up. So I'll pick like two or three exercises that are going to prime the muscles that I'm about to work. So say I'm going to do some pressing. I might do a band pull apart and maybe like a banded snow angel and then one other thing. And I'll just do like three rounds of that pretty lightweight, obviously, for maybe 10 to 15 reps. And after that, you know, I'm nice and warmed up, ready to get into the workout. That's one way I've found that um, it makes the warm up not seem as boring, if you think they're boring. Like if you're doing more like actual exercises that could be considered an actual workout for your warm up, it's a fun way to warm up. Um, another way I would say that is not, not super popular, but I just got kind of introduced to it is like um, neural activation. So like activating your brain. Now, I really don't know a whole lot about this. I just did it this year um, towards the latter end of the year for some of our 
our workouts are these things called uh, saccades. I don't even know how to spell them, to be honest. But basically, what you do is um, there's a pre and a post test. And basically, you find out if you're like vertical or horizontal. And basically, like you hold your hold your thumbs out and you either do it vertically or horizontally. You guys probably can't tell I'm making hand gestures right now. Um, and basically, for like 30 seconds, you dart without moving your head. You just take your eyes and move them back and forth from thumb to thumb. And that's supposed to help with neural activation. Now, I'm not really sure if that helps a lot at all. Um, I feel like I didn't do it for long enough to really notice a huge effect, negative or positive. But it's just kind of interesting how some people, you know, all the new stuff that's coming out. But I think most people, that's probably a little advanced, definitely focus on the physical. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot besides that. You covered a lot of it. Yeah, I wanted to touch on um, two more things. Uh, one, you made the point about um, joints that favor mobility uh, or favor stability versus mobility and vice versa. Um, I think there is such a thing as being too flexible. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. So Too mobile, too. Yeah. Not the same thing necessarily. Yeah. So the thing people don't understand about that, and, you know, it, it, it's it's not the case if you only plan on you know, stretching, maybe you're like just into yoga um, and you just want to do the splits. But if you have any interest in doing anything that requires force output, um, yeah, then there, yeah, then there is such a thing as being too flexible because while it is good to have more range of motion within a joint, your body also has to be strong within that range of motion. So a lot of times, when you get, you know, a lot of people make the argument of, well, if I'm, if I'm, if I can get into more, you know, flexible positions, um, then maybe I'll be less likely to be injured. But the thing is, like I said, you have to be stronger within, um, within those positions. And to an extent, that's probably true. But I think yes, and and honestly, most people are on probably the other side of the spectrum right, right. where they lack the mobility instead of they're too flexible but just understand that there is a i don't want to say a ceiling but you need some level of stiffness yes to it's kind of a balance of stiffness and mobility slash flexibility when we're talking about injury prevention i would say yes um another point that i wanted to make with warming up is temperature so temperature actually will affect um your body's ability to move um it makes sense you know when you start getting warmed up obviously you're probably starting to break a sweat um and your body's your your muscles and your joints will be able to perform better um so you know one thing my dad always did when i first started lifting was you know he made me wear sweatpants and a sweatshirt to the gym um and you know i could shed those when i got to the gym but um nowadays i i still a lot of times will do that um i will you know show up get my warm up in and then you know, slowly, uh, start to, you know, shed those layers as I feel necessary, but your temp, the temperature will actually be, uh, important. That's why you see people, you know, with these knee sleeves or elbow sleeves, um, partially they do have a little bit of that rebound. So people will get a little bit more strength, um, from wearing sleeves. Uh, but it's also to protect those joints and those muscles by keeping them warm, um, so that is another thing to keep in mind. Um, 
probably going to need to spend a little extra time uh, warming up during the winter, especially if you live uh, somewhere like Iowa. Um, so that's another aspect of warming up. Um, that reminds me of, um, you mentioned shedding the layers. I was the type of person in high school where I would just wear sweat sh- sweatpants and a hoodie and a stocking cap and just wear them for like a majority of the workout. And yeah. Just be sweating my ass and, off because I was just a crazy person. But Yeah. Well, and if you, if you have like weight loss goals, that might be the route you want to take. Um, you know, if you, if you're not super concerned with, um, necessarily like maximal, maximal strength, um, and you're more just interested in burning calories and getting a sweat, then that, that might be good for you. Um, but that's pretty much it for warmups. Again, like I said, you don't have to go crazy with them, but I do think it's good to have a routine because a lot of people don't. Um, so just make it routine and, uh, make changes, as you see necessary, as your goals change and as your body changes. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the times people make those changes after they have um, little aches and pains, injuries, tweaks. Um, so like French touched on, I think it's important to do that mobility work. Um, and and I think that'll help you out in the long run. Um, another thing that can help against uh, a lot of those aches and pains is cool downs and stretching. So the jury's still kind of not the jury's still out about whether or not stretching will definitively prevent soreness. Um, but one thing that it will do for sure is prevent, I would say chronic tightness. Um, so that will just accrue. Oh, I mean, if you think about what you're doing while you're working out, you're tightening your muscles, you're, you're, you're contracting them and they're shortening each time you perform a movement. Um, so when you do that constantly, uh, especially under load, you'll get, um, a lot of tightness. So cool downs, uh, have always kind of been something that I've kind of brushed under the rug and not really spent a lot of time on. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I still do it, uh, now, but I, there is importance to them, especially if you're more of like a runner um i would make sure you know you progressively um decrease the intensity after your run you don't just stop running because one thing that can happen is um that can cause blood to pool in your extremities um and you could potentially pass out uh and it's also not really good for your um heart to just completely uh you know just go from zero to hundred and hundred to zero. Just walk around for a little bit. Yeah, and your cool down again ha- does not have to be special at all, um, but there are a lot of different things you can do, um, and you can also just so you guys know this. I don't know if you know this, but you can stretch throughout the day whenever. Um, and you know, we other than working out, you also get tense and stiff from just being alive from performing or from sitting in a chair all day all this stuff so stretching whenever i think is good um right first thing you do when you wake up for uh last thing you do before you go to bed i think is great um i wouldn't spend a crazy amount of time doing it after the gym unless you have had a specifically tough session um and that's when things like a foam roller can come come in handy 
Um, but static stretching uh, any time of the day is going to be great. Um, and it does not have to be anything too crazy. Um, it can be, you know, a simple toe touch uh, here and there. Um, and that'll help. Uh, another thing that I've been starting to do since I've started to have some of these uh, issues with my back is yoga. And I think it's helping a lot. Um, I just do it once a week. Um, but I think it's a great way to um, work out some of those tighter areas that don't get a lot of attention. Uh, particular, particularly the low back and the hips, I find a lot of times um, is just a night and day difference after I do yoga. Um, you just feel a hundred times better. Uh, and you like every time I do it, I just think like, why do I not do this more often? Um, so that's really all I have to say about cooldowns. Again, nothing too crazy. Um, but I do think they have their, their place in a workout. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I definitely have put them on the back burner for like my whole life. But I think more recently, I've kind of found the value of just like doing five, 10 minutes of static stretching after or maybe just some like mobility drills for my hips or for my my knees, you know, they all do some kind of a like knees over toes stuff. You guys are familiar with that. Uh, yeah, doesn't have to be crazy. Like you said, I know we were talking before this podcast, before we got into our uh, plain conversation of just like stretching during like commercial breaks. If you're watching TV at night, you know, if you watch an hour long show, I don't know, there's probably at least four or five two minute interruptions in the action. That's 10 minutes of stretching right there. Yeah. So, just good ways to sneak it in throughout the day. Or if you're, you know, if you have a desk job, it's, it's usually good to stand up from your desk every hour or so anyway. Um, stand up, do, do a couple stretches before you get back to work. Yeah, I remember my teacher used to do that during class. She'd make us stand up like in the middle of class and it was actually really nice. But yeah, do you have anything else you want to add? We wanted to keep it around 30 minutes. Yeah, no, I think that's kind of the, just the, the main stuff as far as it comes to warm up and cool down you can definitely get into the nitty-gritty and the weeds on this stuff but um, most people don't I think most people don't do it to begin with so I think it's better just to give you simple practical implications yeah. and then if you want to learn more from there there's definitely no shortage of shortage of information out there on this subject yeah and it's like anything I mean if you be consistent with it it'll pay off um, and you know, it's, it, it's also another one of those things where you might be able to get by not doing it for a while, but I think it's going to come up to bite you if you, if you don't. Um, and you know, nobody ever listens to that until they have an injury, but once you have an injury, you'll come back and, yeah. and realize I that. I can tell you that from firsthand experience. So yeah, but, but that's shoot. It definitely will teach you. Yeah. Shoot. Sometimes you got to learn the hard way. Yeah. And like I said at the beginning, it's going to depend on your circumstance. So if you're, you know, kind of like me in French, where this is like a thing, this is a really big, important thing to you. And you're really putting a lot of effort into this, um, especially once you get more advanced in your um, training age. Uh, and, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean like you have to be squatting 600 pounds. But if you're getting closer to that, to your genetic ceiling, um, your body's going to be beat up more often. So that stuff like this is, is really important. So, all right. Well, I think that's all we got for you today. We will catch you in our next episode about planes. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out guys.